0: Memes podcast. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. Today, we are in the Chicago area with my friend Dominic, who runs a podcast called MA Unplugged. Pretty soon, you're going to learn what MA means. I'm being vague on purpose. And he is also the founder of Sun Acquisitions. Today, we are going to talk to Dominic about his journey with merger and acquisitions and what it means to conduct merger and acquisitions. How's it going? Hey, Brian, how are you? Doing well, doing well, yourself? I'm doing great. Great, so how did you get involved with mergers and acquisitions in your career?
1: Yeah, so it's a long story. I'll I'll start, I'll I'll shorten it up and then you can go from there. I, um, back in my early 40s, found myself in transition and wondering what I was gonna do next. And I actually went out to look to buy a business. And in looking to buy a business, I was working with people like myself today who represent owners of businesses and, um, and decided, well, wouldn't it be pretty cool if I, you know, could represent buyers and sellers and help them buy and sell businesses. And I found a firm that was for sale. Uh, and I bought into the firm and, you know, here I am 16 years later and, uh, been a great journey.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And had you worked in anything around like organizational development or owned any businesses prior to doing this?
1: No, I hadn't. Uh, my My early career was largely in corporate America, and then I moved over to running venture capital backed companies. But I'd tell you, from a very young age, I was very entrepreneurial. Uh, even going back to junior high school and high school. I'd have jobs uh, or do things for myself before or after school to make money and uh, you know, cutting lawns, painting houses. So I always had that entrepreneurial streak. I think um, I'm sorry that I found business ownership so late in life.
0: Uh, I, I wish I would have done it earlier. That's understandable, that's understandable. And what are some things that's like satisfying about being, part of business ownerships and just being part of the merger and acquisition process?
1: Well, you know, as, as far as owning a business, uh, it's given me both personal and financial freedom that you really, it's very hard to get when you're working in corporate America or you're working for somebody else. And so, you know, and I covet that. Me personally, I covet that. Now that comes with a lot of responsibility, right? I mean, you know, when you own the business, It's not always uh, sunshine and roses. You know, there's ups and downs and you have to have the constitution for that. Uh, But for me, it works. Uh, I can handle the risk and I enjoy the reward and I love the flexibility. And so that personally for me is what attracts me to owning a business, specifically mergers and acquisitions. With the kind of work that we do, we're dealing with privately held companies or people who want to buy their first business. And it's incredibly gratifying to help somebody who's run a business for 20, 30, 40 years and help them sell that and realize a dream. Uh, And it's also equally gratifying to help somebody who's always wanted to own a business acquire their first business. So tons of gratification in what I do.
0: I also see that you run a podcast called M&A Unplugged. Can you tell us a little bit about that podcast?
1: Yeah, so the podcast itself, we interview people who have bought and sold businesses, and and we uh, we talk about their journey. Uh, for buyers, you know what what got them excited about buying a business, and what was their journey like, and what was the acquisition of a business like for sellers. We talk about their businesses and their journey to selling. And then we also interview advisors like accountants and attorneys and get them to share their experiences and their knowledge and transfer it to people who may be looking to buy or sell in the future. And I will tell you, the reason I started this podcast was because in my you know 16 plus years of doing this now, the number one pitfall that I see is people don't really prepare properly to buy or sell a business. Even when they think they've prepared, I guarantee you they come to us and we're like, oh, you know, not really. You still have a lot to do. And, and I started this podcast to start to educate people and help them get ahead of the curve so they really prepare. And why is that important? Well, if you want to maximize the return of your investment and minimize the risks, preparation is critical
0: whether you're buying or selling. Certainly, certainly. And can you go over just a high level of like, what are some reasons why people would want to buy or sell? Well, we always know why people want to buy a business, but reasons why people want to sell a business.
1: Yeah, so look, there's lots of reasons why people want to sell a business. They might be just ready for retirement. Uh, They might be burnt out. Uh, They might've run the business for 20 years and it's a high stress business and they're done. Um, Unfortunately, they may have uh, contracted an illness, whether it's terminal or not, Uh, there might be a divorce or a partnership breakup. Um, It might be that the prospects for that industry are not looking so great and that merging that business with something else will secure that business for a longer period of time. So there's a whole host of reasons. And on the other side of it, people buy for lots of reasons, you know, for the reasons I stated myself where, you know, I really wanted to build wealth for myself and have uh, personal freedom. And uh, but there are people who own companies also who buy businesses because they want to grow through acquisition. There's lots of reasons why people
0: look to buy as well. Indeed, indeed. Allow us to take a quick break from our sponsors and continue this conversation. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams Not Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams Not Memes podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at podcast To support Dreams Not Memes podcast, feel free to contact me at a daywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. So can you tell me a little bit about some projects that you're working on with, with your organization?
1: Yeah, you know, so the most exciting project we have going on, I think right now is we started a new business. We launched a new business earlier this year, really to further the goal of the podcast, which was to help people prepare. So my Sun Acquisitions practice, we help people when they're ready. So when you're ready to buy or sell, that's what that business does. It really isn't set up to work with people ahead of time to be prepared. So we launched a new practice earlier this year called K2 Advisor. And Advisor is with an E, A-D-V-I-S-E-R. And that business is solely focused on helping people prepare for that, whether it's to buy or to sell. And we've created some really cool stuff. We've created some free assessments that people can take like five minute assessments, whether you're a buyer or a seller, you can go through and it'll give you an immediate score as to how prepared you are. Um, We've created some other resources that people can download off of that website. And the whole goal is expose people to why they may not be prepared and help them close the gap uh, so that they really don't risk their fortune. And that's the last thing we wanna see people doing is risking a fortune.
0: Indeed. And you always need your data to make sure that your forecast is right. Otherwise, you're just jumping in hot water with no preparation. Totally. So, can you tell me a little bit about what are some things that people should know if they want to get involved in entrepreneurship as an entrepreneur that's been successful for a long time?
1: Yeah. So, if they want to, you know, if they want to be an entrepreneur, you know, I think first off, you have to be honest with yourself. Let's start there. You know, you have to take an inventory of yourself, your strengths and weaknesses. You know, what are you good at? What are you not good at? Um, and the things that you're not good at, how would you plug those holes in any potential business that you're going to start? And then there's another concept uh, that I came to later in life, unfortunately, but so glad I came to it. I'm part of a, a international coaching group. It's called Strategic Coach. Dan Sullivan is the founder. And they talk a lot about uh, this concept called unique ability. And unique ability is understanding what you're great at and what you love to do. A lot of us spend too much of our careers doing things we're great at, but hate to do. Or things we're not great at, but somebody's got to do them. And uh, the, the concept of unique ability is: you should be spending your time really on your zone of genius, and in the things that you love, and uh, and and unburden yourself with all of those other things. And I think for anybody, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur. You have to be honest about that. Now, it may not be the place you start because you know oftentimes people just don't have the money to be able to, you know, hire people to do the things they're not great at or they don't want to do. But you have to at least start with that roadmap in mind and know where you're gonna where you wanna wind up. The other thing I would say is startups versus buying an existing business. A lot of people decide that they're just going to start a business as a way to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, the failure rates of startups are astronomical. Over 50% of all startups fail inside of three years, and the vast majority don't get past five years. So when you think about the mortality rate of starting something, it is so high. And oftentimes, when you start something, you can't even be pulling a salary out. So, you know, you're living off savings. Whereas, maybe a safer bet using whatever savings you have is to buy an existing business that has existing revenues and clients and processes and products and a brand and a way to pay yourself a salary because it's producing enough profits. What a great way if you can afford to do that to get into entrepreneurship versus going the startup route with knowing
0: that the odds are way stacked against you. Um, That's a very uh, accurate analysis, especially given the fact that a lot of startups are struggling to find venture capital or angel investors or any type of support, whereas M&A would allow, you know, to already have something to start with.
1: Right. And you could buy small. I mean, you don't have to buy something massive, you could buy a smaller business that's got all the things I just described and profits and walk into an immediate salary. And look, I've been the other route. I've been part of teams that raised venture capital. As a matter of fact, I was part of an executive team. We raised over $100 million of venture capital money just for that one venture. We were almost constantly raising money and when you're in that mode, you you take your eye off the ball and the operations. I mean, it's easy to take your eye off the ball, so it's hard. I mean, pl- sure, plenty of people do it, but I I I guarantee you, there are way more, uh, you know, failures out there when you're having to constantly raise money, and then you're also beholden to other people. Same. Whereas if you can afford to buy your own thing. You don't have to have partners. You don't have to have investors looking over your shoulder and asking questions. You run the show. You live and die by your own
0: decisions, but it's your show. Certainly, certainly. And like, has this year, 2020, like the year of so much transition for so many reasons, has it been any different um, for your business?
1: It's been a strange year, Brian. I mean, it's been such a strange year. It's our best year ever. Uh, by a long shot. And last year was our best year ever. And we just crushed last year. And people are asking me, well, how could that be in the year of COVID? Like, what is going on? Well, there's a couple of things, uh, a couple of dynamics at play right now. Uh, One, while there are businesses that are clearly struggling in our economy, there are others that have actually really benefited from the pandemic. So you have this dichotomy where you've some businesses that are struggling to stay alive and others that are having embarrassing riches in the middle of this pandemic. The other thing that's happened is there are a lot of people looking to buy a business. Uh, and, And they come in different categories. There are really sophisticated professional buyers like private equity groups. These are groups that raise money to go out and acquire businesses. There are companies who are having a hard time growing and uh, in, in an acquisition of a competitor or uh, buying a value-added business and folding it into theirs is a great way to grow. And then there are the masses of you know, individuals who have lost their jobs or in transition or have had their salaries reduced or had a whole bunch of new responsibilities heaped on for the same compensation. And they're looking at that, that group of individuals going, wow, there's got to be another way and maybe buying a business is, is the way to do it. And that group of buyers has exploded for us. Can't tell you how many of those people have come to our doorstep wanting to understand what's involved
0: buying a business. What do you forecast for the future in your field?
1: Well, I think the next couple of years are going to be incredible. Um, we are going to continue to see this trend um, uh, follow through. You know, there's a, there's a macro economic trend that's been out there for a while now, and um, it, it's called the baby boomer wave. Uh, so 9 million of the 15 million small businesses are owned by baby boomers. And what are baby boomers doing every day? Retiring. And so you have these businesses that they own where they may not have another generation to pass it down. And by the way, more and more I hear from owners, they don't have another generation that wants their business. So what are they going to do with it? Well, the answer is they're going to take it to market and try to sell it either to a competitor or a third party or whatever. That's an enormous number of businesses that over the next 12 to 15 years are going to come on the market. And so there's going to be a lot of M&A activity. And right now, with interest rates being so low, banks are absolutely willing to lend for these acquisitions. So as long as the capital markets stay open, interest rates stay low, lots of buyers, lots of sellers, I think it's going to be a pretty frothy market for the next couple of years.
0: And do you think that transition also allows for a lot of opportunity for other entrepreneurs and in some ways? Makes it somewhat of a job creator?
1: Absolutely, because I've never met anybody that wants to buy a business to keep it, you know, doing what it's done historically. Everybody has the goal of coming in and buy that business and take it to the next level. And that's exciting because, you know, that owner that's selling it, you know, they've got 40 years in the business and they've done things a certain way. But somebody younger is going to bring some new energy and some new thoughts and a different skill set. You know, younger people might have me more socially, social media savvy, like they're going to bring other skill sets to that business that can maybe really take that business to a whole nother level, which is great for all the existing employees. And then it's going to create jobs, hopefully in the future.
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. This has definitely been a great episode of Dreams Not Memes to learn about not just your journey, but the field of mergers and acquisitions. I would definitely like to ask you, do you have any other statements or things that you think people should learn about mergers and acquisitions and just what's to come for the future?
1: Yeah, look, I'd say if anybody thinks that they want to, you know, the financial and personal freedom of owning a business, uh, and it's not just a side hustle, right? So side hustles aside, cause that's fine. If you're going to maintain a job and have a side hustle that, that's, but if you really want to have a substantial business, you need to do your homework, seek out good advisors. They are worth their weight. Uh, advisors like us, uh, really good M and a attorney, mergers and acquisitions, attorneys, accountants that do mergers and acquisitions and startups. And, and entity formation, I've always found the people who are not afraid to go consult with professionals are the ones that are in the best position to maximize the return on their investment, whatever that investment is.
0: Thank you. Those are wise words, very wise words. Well, this has been a good episode of Dreams not Memes. Thanks, Brian. Anytime. Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information. Or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.